Revenue Rhino. I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Steve Moskovitz from Contract Wrangler. Steve, it's really nice to have you on. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you on. So, Steve, tell me a little bit about yourself and about your company. Sure. I'm Steve Moskovitz. I'm born and bred in the Bay Area. I still live here. Grew up, all lived all throughout California and started my way in my journey in sales. So I originally started off on executive, worked my way up to a director of sales and leading a team. Went Everywhere from small startups to Google and left Google to join a a small four-person startup where I had to wear a lot of different hats. So while I was there, I ended up getting the pleasure of having to start the marketing team. And there was a lot of pieces of marketing that sales was often upset with. And so I started saying, okay, from a sales perspective, what's really needed? So I started working more and more marketing and just grew on me. And that's taking me to, to where I'm at today. I'm the head of marketing at Contract Wrangler, and we're about a 50-person company um, based out of San Mateo. Nice. That's awesome. I, I love the background. And Tell me a bit about what you guys are up to, what space you're in, and what you're doing. Sure. So we're in what's called the, the CLM space, or Contract Life Cycle Management. Um, the space isn't very new. It's been around for, for about a decade. There's some big players in there. But a lot of the contract lifecycle is focused on the drafting of the contracts. So mm-hmm. where once the it's drafted, there there's just general repository. And so what Contract Wrangler is post-signature repository. And that uses AI and machine learning to actually figure out what's in the contract. It seems really simple, but the thing to understand is every single contract is written differently. There's a lot of sentiment that goes into it. So what separates us from the pack, this is a new kind of area of contract management, which is we we use AI and artificial intelligence to figure out what's in there, but we also use actual attorneys to verify all the data. Mm. And why that's important is it trains our models first off, so we get more accurate over time, but... The second part is the no machine out there is ever going to know exactly what an attorney means 100% of the time. So we really need that attorney in the loop to, to double check the information and verify that's correct. And if the attorney is unsure about it, it goes to another attorney. And if it goes, they're unsure about it, it goes to another attorney. We really have this process down because if you don't have 100% accurate data, it really, it's useless. You're at 97%. If you're missing one clause, one termination, or one renewal, it defeats the point of, of using the product. It was founded by a serial startup guy. He's he was uh, he's an attorney himself. He was part of the DOJ. He's been at big law firms and been the managing partner. And it just was to solve a problem. And it really took us almost three and a half years just to get the technology to where it's at today. The company it's an expanding area. And we're already, we've doubled our revenue from last year and it's not even halfway through the year. It's a fast growing area that we're really excited about. Very cool. Congrats. That's, that's amazing growth trajectory. It's very cool. Yeah. yeah. 
So let's dive into what marketing looks like for you guys. Who's your ideal customer profile? What do you do to go after them? And what does marketing look like in this space? So our ideal customer profile is in-house legal, usually the general counsel. Law firms actually are not a fan of contract wrangler because we were so productive that it kills their billable hours. We're pretty much in-house who have to get things done and get things done fast. So we really focus on the the mid-market and enterprise. I think that's been our, our sweet spot. There's a huge potential there. Every attorney can attest to having to search through hundreds of documents to find a question that the CFO asked or someone from procurement is wondering about when's this renewal coming. And that's not the fun stuff that like they're, they didn't get in this job to search through documents to find something for, for a question. So what we've done is really taken the unfavorable part of the job out of their description. And that means by sharing with other teams, we we allow other teams to be able to search for themselves. You can limit what documents they're looking at. And it, the interesting thing is we started off for legal, but I would say almost 60% of our users now are from finance or procurement. So legal is usually the department that is our customer profile that comes out and says, this is what we want because they want to solve this problem that just eats up on average, probably 25, 30% of their time. Wow. And it's really just, it, it's manual work that doesn't really solve anything. So all these other teams now can have access, find the, the answers they want with a simple search. And this is a lot more complex than just control F. Like it's actually yeah. digging through and trying to, to rationalize the meaning behind each term or each you know, you know, part of the agreement. So it gives, you know, actionable data for, for people to use. Yeah. I love that. that being said, we see an, a shift now towards the CFOs, but GCs at an in-house are still our prime target. Nice. Very cool. And what, what are you excited about this year? Any initiatives you got in the works or currently in progress or planned for later in the year? So a lot of, you know, in-house legal are, it's a small world and there's a lot of networking. So we're excited for in-person events to start up. They're starting as early as a week or two from now. There's wow. a couple that are going to have a hundred to 200 people attend. Right now we primarily target through social, Google, like we're digital as much as we can, but it is really about the communities. So for us building up a name within inside the community and just letting the product speak for itself it's a network of people that just talk to each other and they're always asking each other, what should we be using? For us, we're not just the, let's just put our name out there and hope it works. Like we, we have to be very targeted. And I think from knowing our ideal customer profile, that really helps us hone in on what we want to put our budgets towards. Love that. So let's pivot to your background in, in both sales and marketing and talk about some of the advice that you have for the listeners. So the title of the podcast is The Lifelong Customer. What are ways in which you've learned to build these lifelong customer relationships, starting from sales perspective and now obviously you're focused on marketing? What advice do you have for those listening? So I would say marketing's role is really to support sales. There's always that divide between sales and marketing, and each one is going to blame each other if something's going wrong. And that's how I ended up in marketing. But I will say there's just this divide of egos get in the way a lot of times. Hmm. And the, the thing I will say to any marketing leader is A, 
hire, hire good people that you trust. And by trust, I don't try to do everything yourself. These are specialized people with specialized skills. Let them go and, and hand, you know, give them a piece of the business. And you're supposed to be the kind of steering the ship while they're, they're manning the oars. And from a salesperson perspective, a lot of times marketing puts out what marketing thinks everybody wants. Salespeople are on the ground floor talking with these people every single day. They understand the customer better than marketing ever will. That being said, arm sales with the tools that they need to succeed rather than just going out there and saying, oh, we want to get some MQLs this quarter. I, I always say to my team that MQLs do not mean anything to me. If it's sales is saying this is good, and I don't care if I have 20 or 30 leads or 100 leads or 500 leads, are they good, solid leads that are converting? And so yeah. for us, giving the trust to the team to be able to go out and do their job and then taking that and getting, putting the egos aside, forgetting, I know there's a lot of metrics driven people out there, but you got to be focused on the right metrics. And that's really, is this stuff converting? And if not, and you're just getting a bunch of leads, you might go out and blame sales for not doing their job. But really it, it's on marketing to tell a good story that's going to drive that customer to engage and move forward through the, the funnel. Totally. I love that advice. So if I'm a CMO right now and I'm thinking about how do I keep aligned with sales, actualize all this stuff that you're talking about, what are some steps that I can take to, to boots the ground, do some of this stuff that you're recommending? There's tools out there now. Gong is a great resource where a lot of times marketing is very out of touch of what's going on. Yeah. And being able to listen to sales calls, to hear the customer pain points, to hear this is why I'm talking to you today, that really helps just craft the story. One thing I'll say about marketing, it's storytelling. That's what it is. It's if you're going out there and just putting out some generic ad with people, a stock photo of people smiling and hope people are going to buy, you, you got to have to really re-examine things. Like this is about getting people interested and why they want to work with you, whether that's the team that you're, the, the people that they're going to be working with, whether it's a, a service or even a product. Sometimes people buy because they just really have a team that they talk to. But if you're just trying to throw a bunch of stuff out there and or check stuff off the list, you're probably doing it wrong. Like you want to have a plan and understand your customer as much as you can, because at the end of the day, they don't care how many offices you have or where your founders are from, they want to know how it's going to help them. And if you talk too much about yourself and how great you are, all you're doing is helping your ego. You're not really helping the customer understand why this product is going to help them. I love that. Yeah, I know even with me, what resonates, I see LinkedIn content and all that. It's the stories. It's not the generic ads, but personal stories that you read that really seem to get a lot of attention. I know I like reading them. So. Yeah. And just do something different because everybody's everybody thinks because it worked for someone else that it should work for them. And I think the the one bit of advice I would give everybody is do not be afraid to fail. If you're going to fail fast, learn from it, move forward. But too many marketers get stuck in this routine of it's what we know and it's comfortable mm -hmm. and you're going to plateau at some point. And if you want to keep growing and you want to keep challenging yourself, you got to be able to take those risks and 
I always tell my team, if it doesn't work out, sometimes it's a couple thousand dollars, but you know what? If at the end of the day, it leads to one deal, if we try 10 things and we're able to pay for this and get some ROI, it, at one out of the 10 pays for the other ones, I'm okay with failing. It's just, you got to keep trying until you find out what works. Love it. That's amazing. It's been amazing to have you on the podcast here and share all your wisdom and insights and any last thoughts, any key takeaways, things you want to talk about, you know, free ad slot for contract wrangler, any, any last yeah, I, uh, I, words here? I just think that the shift, especially with a lot of people work from home right now and sales and marketing are sometimes even more disconnected. Really, whether you're a sales leader or a marketing leader, it's really your responsibility to intertwine these teams together and have you know, both are codependent on each other. One won't work without the other. So if you're a leader in either of these organizations, really take the time to set, like I said, set the ego aside and put on uh, the, I wouldn't say the charm, but the ability to see how you can work better together and bridge those gaps because when sales and marketing are really connected man, it's a beautiful thing to watch it's a well-oiled machine and it just the end of the day it helps out everybody so that was probably my last bit of advice amazing stuff steve thanks so much for joining the podcast i really appreciate it thanks so much yeah